with Julian Hoxter, uh, Tramps Like Us is the winning uh, pilot screenplay from the Black and White uh, Film Festival. Really interesting TV pilot, really nicely written. So Julian, this is, in your ideal world, this is going to be set in kind of the black and white kind of uh, kind of texture? Yeah, I mean, the, the script is set in the 1930s in, um, on a tramp steamer in uh, Southeast Asia. And uh, I mean, of course, it could work in color, but it, it it's a gift for black and white. Absolutely. That, uh, anything that evokes that period and the, the period of the long voyage home, the period of, um, you know, uh, a lot of great uh, classic adventure movies set in that time and space. So, yeah, I think I think black and white would be wonderful for it. So it's kind of a horrific uh, horror uh, venture series. You don't really see yeah. like this seems like a very unique uh, pilot that you've written yeah. like. I don't see yeah, anything, I, I don't see anything this on TV. Well, no, I mean, to be honest, you know, sometimes I write things that I think are going to be commercial or, 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 that, or that have a, 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 a sort of an easy fit. Other times I just come up with a story and, and you know, it, it takes me where it takes me. Right. So that, that this is one of those cases that I think it's realistically it's it's not one of the most commercial prospects that you could ever find uh, unless you unless I find a producer who was just who got it you know and who who really felt that it was it was speaking to them because I think it's although it's said in the past it's actually a very modern up-to-date story and it, and it has very diverse cast excuse me messages uh, and um, you know in many ways it's about you know concerns that we we have now about identity about um, uh, um, you know the uh, liberty and freedom and and uh you know all of the all of these themes that are that are both timeless and very current and the fact that it's said in the past is is really just a way of exploring many issues that are still with us in the present so we're in 1935 correct yeah so like there's the the depression you're kind of like in like as you describe it's like you're in this kind of unique uh situation where did you come up like when did you first come up with this idea for the screenplay uh, well, I, I've always had a, a kind of romantic uh, um, sort of retro interest in, in sea travel back when, you know, it, it was a thing people did and that you, you could have a tiny little steamer and it would go from, you know, port to port, picking up a, uh, a cargo here and a cargo there and people made a living. And it doesn't really happen much anymore. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, out of the past. But, you know, there the are a lot of my favorite literature and movies and you know, stories have kind of dealt with that as a as a theme, and you find it everywhere from you know um, John Ford movies to you know the Adventures of Tintin uh, comic books, and you yeah. know it, it's something that kind of was very much part of my childhood. Not the horror aspect, but this yeah. the idea of there being this kind of world on the seas where where these kind of strange polyglot crews got together and tried to make a living. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a bit like uh, uh, you know the, the the show, sadly lamented show Firefly which does the same thing, but, but in space, you know, it, it's space. similar. You get a bunch of, a bunch of kind of mismatched people on the ship and somehow it works. Well, um, I guess it, it gets to like in the situation, this is, there's a class system too on the ship, I guess. Right. There's, right. Yeah. Whereas. Uh, like, go on, you, what's that? You're going to say. No, I'm no, sorry, just, just, say? That's another act, act, aspect, a social aspect of the, of the, you know what I mean? Right. The- yeah, I think everyone is everyone is I would say is displaced. And there's certainly a class system in the sense that there are people whose backgrounds are upper class. There's a Russian count a, a white Russian countess, although what that means after the revolution, who knows, right? Yeah. Um people who are who are absolutely of different classes, but you know, on the ship, the ship tends to kind of even things out. Um, and you know, it's run by a um, an Indonesian captain uh who is very much 
in charge of his own ship, but is you know the Dutch who run his country uh, give him no respect at all. Um, and then there are people who you know in other circumstances might be above or below one another in a kind of class system. But on the boat, everyone is you know apart from their ranks you know within the crew, uh, yeah. everyone is everyone socially is the same. No, it's it's interesting because like the world takes you where where like so that for a pilot it's like it's like the it's an open ended kind of situation where you can kind of use like like uh, historical aspects I guess right of like what what occurred during this era obviously right. fictional aspects like you can basically kind of like there's a lot of opportunity for stories I guess right well that's the idea I mean the idea is that you put this disparate crew of kind of malcontents and ne'er do wells and dropouts and refugees on this one boat and you put it in the middle of kind of a decaying colonial world the Dutch East Indies but with other other empires around the British and so on yeah and um uh, and then you kind of add an element so, so there's enough conflict in some ways going on there uh you know the captain of the, of the boat wants to be rid of the Dutch uh, and, and he's running guns to the uh um, independence movement and so on so there's, there's a lot of of kind of political and real world drama yeah. happening but at the same time if you add this layer of of the monstrous of or fantasy you can have so much fun um and of course a lot of it, it, it you know represents colonialism represents you know the monsters represent the bad things that are happening in the world and aren't simply you know abstract creature of the week um they're the 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 real monster although there are i won't spoil it for people maybe but there, there are there are monsters in this first episode yeah the the true monster is the the human that creates them you know so uh and he's bound up in a kind of organization that is trying to maintain colonial control over what is now indonesia the, the dutch east indies then um, so, you know, it's clear that the battle lines are drawn, but they aren't, they're drawn within with human good and evil and human intention rather than between humans and monsters in some kind of arbitrary sense. You know, not all the monsters are bad. Um, your, your pilot's interesting because it's like, it's almost like set up that, that, that uh, Casey is your, would be your lead. And then he's not your lead, I guess, right? He's the entry point. Um, Casey, uh, just to explain, Casey is a, a young Irish seaman who comes, who's made his way out to the Dutch East Indies and comes aboard the tramp steamer that the Stella Maris that we're set on. And, and so, uh, and so he's, he's our way of kind of being introduced to a lot of these concepts. So he's, he isn't the lead. Uh, I mean, it's really an ensemble. Um, you know, I'm trying not to have a, uh, uh, um, like a standout lead, although I guess, um, the captain, broadly speaking will have gotcha. some, of that work, uh, some of that work but casey is kind of uh, pe people will will maybe re recall in horror here he's he's the um you know the kid aboard the starship enterprise right who who uh uh wesley he's the wesley crusher right he, who has to kind of figure out what's going on and so on but no he has a very important part to play yeah. and he's uh, going to be an important character going forward but he's not the lead. He, he's he's our he's our way in. He's our way of being introduced to the world. So it's like point of view of the audience. So as he's learning, the audience gets to learn as well. Right. Because because right. including myself, before I researched this script, who the hell knows about tramp tramp steamers in Indonesia in 1935, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that need to be set up or, or explained. <laughs> Um, and some of that is easy and you just do it as, as you go along and people do things and you go, oh, I see, that's what they do. But some of it, I think, needs a bit of explanation or a bit of um, 
setting out, you know, a bit of exposition. So, so Casey is the is the way we have a, a, a someone who needs to be patted on the head and told told what's what sometimes, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, what? Yeah, it's what an interesting script. It's one of those things too, where like you're you're setting in a time where, like, it's after the first war, so people mm-hmm. have their like obviously people on the ship have experienced that yes but as an audience you know what's coming up right you know what's 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 happening in the next five six years i guess right this is yeah you've hit the nail on the head absolutely the the whole idea of this is that we're in this strange in-between world where around this little tiny ship in the on the ocean big movements are happening in the world and they'll get little bits of it you know and it'll get more and more important as the japanese will invade china in the region of course and other and other, other momentous events will happen let alone what's going on in europe mm-hmm. and of course some of the um the crew and uh, you know are refugees so there's a german jewish refugee who's the um the engineer on the ship for example mm-hmm. and there's a uh, uh, a refugee from a previous revolution the, the russian white russian countess uh, you know, so there are already people who whose destinies have kind of the, the the momentous changes that are happening in the world have already drawn these people away from you know their conventional lives and put them on this ship. And yes, as you absolutely point out, totally correctly, the idea of the show is that as the seasons go on, should it be you know picked up, yeah. things are going to get more and more and more tense in the real world, let alone what's happening in the supernatural world. Yeah, no, it's really cool. That's a really great idea. So. Um, I hope this did like uh, so what motivates you to send to like a, uh, to a festival like ourselves or other festivals you're just looking for feedback you're looking for like to see if it's ready like what's your motivation well a bit of a bit of both of those yeah uh, um so it's always good to have feedback and the feedback I got there was I mean there were lots of useful comments but there was one particular comment about uh, uh um the way I was writing something that I that I've taken on board very strongly for my next draft uh, but yeah I mean you know with, with something like this I wrote it for fun I wrote it because it interests me. You know, I think it's it's a, a tough sell, but who knows where it might end up? And it might get reorganized. I mean, you know, some of my work, you know, goes into movies. Other, others, you know, I'm I'm reorganizing one right now as a uh, um, a web comic. Uh, it might end up being a novel. It might. Who knows? But it, you know, yeah. it felt like something I wanted to write and try out. And um, what the reason why I submit the primary reason why I submitted it to your festival is because of the words black and white. And I thought, oh, okay here's some people who might get it, you know, Um, here's some people who might, who might, or at least see, see that there's some, there's some fun to be had with this. Right. Um, And um, I'm delighted. I mean, you know, I couldn't be happier that, that, that you guys have seen something in it and that you've uh, uh, given it an award, which is wonderful. Um, It's, it's great. Uh, But no, I mean, yeah, obviously I'll I'll put it out there, but I, I, I'm realistic. I shouldn't say this on, you know, on, on screen, I suppose, but realistically, I think it's a harder, it's a harder, to place it than some shows would be so um, you uh, so your background is that you've uh you work you work for university correct i do i'm a professor at san francisco state and you've like you've written books on on screenwriting and and, huh? uh, and, and yes but i've never written until last year i'd never written a tv pilot so one of my my big project last year although i've written screenplays and i've written uh, novel you know novels and, and academic books um, uh, and but my my big project last year was to try and uh, teach myself uh, to write uh, uh, pilots, and so I wrote four, and um, this is obviously one of them. And um, um, you know, I put I put them out there just to get a feel a feel for for whether there's a a response, and then I'm going to uh, you know 
talk to my literary manager and we'll, you know, do, do the usual stuff. Well, I mean, see, this is what makes you, this is what makes you smart because there's, there's like, it's like an open-ended kind of, uh, you're writing, writing the screenplay because so you've written books on, obviously on, on the uh, art of the feature, I guess, right? Right. Yes. Primarily. And yes. then, so this is the art, this is obviously, you know, you're smart enough, we see it, like, everybody's watching television now, right? There's all these streaming services. Well, that's where drama went, right? I mean, all, yeah. all, all the, 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 move, the, the stories that used to be, get made as, uh, as drama, movie dramas, now that's moving to streaming, that's moving to, to TV. And not all of it, but a lot of it, a lot of it. No, like, but even the limited series, like it's like a two hour movie that turned into a 10 hour movie, right? Guess, right? It, precisely. Yeah. And indeed, you know, we, we can argue whether this is true or not. But indeed, a number of the um, you know the showrunners and the, the the writers in EPs on some of those shows think of and, and and say openly that they think of their limited show as a X hour movie, like a six hour movie, an eight hour movie, a ten hour movie. Sure. Is it really? Don't know. But but it, but certainly that's in the that's in their uh, in their minds when they think about this. Yeah. Well, it's the mentality, right? Because you and I, right. we we grew up. Our generation grew up going to, like movies, the two hour movie, right. like. Like you said, like yeah. the drama, like the ones that are like really heavy drama, like a movie like that we watched. Like, uh, so if you look at like, um, like these, like, I, I'm just thinking of like the movie, like there's so many movies of the nineties that, that mm -hmm. were like two hour, really good films. Like yeah. that are not like that, like what was the movie, the, sorry, the 1996 year where it's like all these independent films like shine and like, sure. Right. right? Those yeah, were wonderful, movies. wonderful character, character driven, usually uh, um, uh, films. Sure. Yeah. Well, though, most of the, I mean, you still, you know, there are still, there's still what they call, you know, um, uh, indie wood and, you know, there are still crossover movies and there are still some people who are, who are able to make those kinds of films, but um, most of that drama world has now gone into, into digital and streaming into, you know, Peak, peak television or whatever they call it now they're different well, you know expanded television uh, um, whatever you want to call it um, yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, but I mean I mean the, so in some ways uh, uh, the TV world is giving drama a, a wonderful new lease of life in other ways it's changing it and making it something else um, and you know I guess that's a, uh, an open question as to how it works and whether it works and, and sometimes it works wonderfully other times I'm not sure sure but you know we're in like an, an interesting transitional phase, right? Uh, between the old version of, t of of film drama and then the influence of all these people who are coming in from the movies into TV or into streaming, yeah. uh, who are in interesting ways beginning to change up what are, you were alluding to this earlier on, but you know what we think of as as a story, um, and that we're moving you know away from the the, the conventional um, you know uh, uh, network episode. And what is it being replaced by? Uh, you know, when we're, when we're in a world in which we don't have, or in many of the services, we don't have uh, um, adver uh, advertising. Um, well, what does an episode mean in that world, right? Where you don't have to write the internal ad breaks to, to get uh, your, your audience back after the, the, ad, the commercials. Um, it's interesting. And I don't think it's settled yet. I think, I think there are a number of different ways in which that's happening. Um, uh, uh, and not that it necessarily needs to be settled. I mean, there can be different, there can be different kinds of, uh, of shows, but you know, some of them you can see the ad break structure still in them. Others yeah. are doing things very differently. You know, um, anyway, sorry, I'm going off on one, but there you go. No, 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 uh, I, you're, I'm sure you're, I'm assuming you're writing about this, I guess, right? Like this is what you're writing about. 
I, yeah, I mean, it's not my, my area of ex expertise. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm writing the, uh, the, the, the pilots is to kind of get myself more clued in with this world. Um, but yes, uh, uh, that's something that went into um, one of my um, uh, latest books. And, um, uh, you know, it's something that my students are very keen to, to talk about, because, again, this is something that, of course, is changing as the industry changes. So, you know, the teaching about screenwriting and about, you know, how to understand what's going on changes with it and you know students are increasingly wanting to to write for for streaming as opposed mm -hmm. to writing for the movies because that's where they see the stories that interest them going um right. so you know uh, the film school departments film schools have to think about that uh, and think about how they're going to kind of engage with that change yeah in the in like yeah, from my experience, they're a little bit they're both they're a few years behind that curriculum. It's yes, like you're you're 100 right. Precisely, and we're all. I mean, I think we're relatively uh, um, up to date because you know I and others are pushing that, but we're still behind. You know, um, we're certainly ahead of some, but but yes, there's absolutely a, a a gap between the reality of the industry and how film schools are reflecting that in the way they teach. Yeah. So no, I wanted to like I I had a little brain freeze when I was talking to you. I just want to jump back because uh -oh. we're from the same generation. So I, I just want right. to go back in time and go. Okay. So you have 1996, uh, the English Patient, right? Wins right. Best Picture. Yep. Easily that that that's going to be a, a limited series, right? That's a limited series. Sure. Right? Could absolutely could be. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I take your point. Yeah. And then so yeah, Fargo, which becomes a little like Fargo, which becomes, becomes a show. Yes. Series, which is ironic, right? And then you got mm -hmm. Secrets and Lies, and then you got Shine, right. which is like, right. like, and then you have Jerry Maguire. So basically, maybe Jerry Maguire is the only film that gets made today, right? I mean, Jerry Maguire, well, right. I mean, Jerry Maguire is a, a real movie, right? Uh, to use a, yeah, we, we, we love see story, how that right? works as a movie. It's a Hollywood movie. You know? yeah. Show me the money. Uh, I mean, I think the Mike Lee film, Secrets and Lies, um, because that's kind of, you know, comes out of a British world, that's, that's more likely to get made, I think. Um, and Mike Lee as an auteur that, you know, uh, that, that can get his films made, or at least, you know, sometimes. But the others, yeah, tricky. Uh, and, and again, The English Patient is also Anthony Minghella. That's also at least partly an English movie. Um, I'm not an expert on that one. But, um, no, but he, Anthony um, Minghella, what I'm saying is that he, if he's brought up in this era, he's making yeah. a series, right? Yeah, I, I think, well, that's where this, yes, I mean, I take your point. That's where the, um, the work is, right? Yeah. I mean, um, that's where so many WGA writers are going. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of not surprised at all. I mean, I mean, friends of mine who've been working in independent film for 20 X years yeah. are, you know, are going, well, you know, not just this is where the money is, but this is where I can actually get my story made. Yeah. I know so many writers who have been struggling to get independent films made, you know, for many years. Um, and uh, the new, the new world of expanded TV of, peak, of, of you know, um, peak TV, is giving them opportunities that the that the, the movies haven't for yeah. many years, um, which is great. Obviously, you know, um, I mean, it's 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 weird to say that, you know, as someone who came up in film and not in uh, not in television, but um, we are seeing many many more interesting uh, uh, stories ha uh, getting out there now than we did. You yeah, know, and then so and so and like say like something like Queen's Gambit was yeah. done in the 90s that's a that's a two-hour movie basically that's sort of like probably yes saying. yeah well, i mean who knows you know but no but, but I, 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 I i take your point yeah that's sort of what the, it's sort of like so you as a, as a as a writer of of obviously you wrote this great pilot but you're right you write about 
the creative screenwriter. That's basically uh, sure. one of your books, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. sort of like what where do we go now as a writer? Because instead of doing like this arc of structure for two hour structure, uh-huh. you gotta have like an eight hour structure, but also have those kind of like those those basically those twists or those turns at the end of every episode, I guess, right? Sure. I, I, yeah, I mean, you've got you've got to think about what an episode means. And, and I think that depends on your power as well. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the safe way, and this is the way I, that I did it, when I, because as I say, I'm just starting out, you know, figuring out how to write, write an episode. Yeah. But the safe way is to kind of broadly base it on, um, uh, you know, the old network structure where you have four or five acts and you have, you know, a payoff and, and so on. Um, but then, you know, if you're if you're David Lynch, and of course I'm not, uh, you know, you get to basically take a long story and just chop it in sections and, and really pay no attention to to what an episode is. And, and you just, well, here's my long here's my long yeah. story. Have this bit, have this bit, have this bit. So I, I going back to my previous point, uh, uh, you know, it, to your question, it's hard to give like one answer for that. Right. No, because of course. Yeah. Different, but, but no, but I mean, you know, interestingly, different people are doing are using it in different ways. And some people are kind of glory, you know, glorying in the episode and what that means and the idea of, yes, uh, seriality. Uh, and other people are just basically taking a long story and dividing it into however many sections. And, uh, you know, and the episode itself is not uh, intrinsically interesting to them. Um, at least that's my that's my perspective. I mean, you know, um, and, and from people yeah. I talk to. Um, but, but I think, but, to- yeah, I mean, you've got to do that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that your Lynch example is more of an aberration than than the, the yeah, because, yeah yeah because he he can do that because he's David he can Lynch. do that because he's David Lynch yeah. right uh, true but but even so I mean I think I think that there are people again going back to what we were saying a few minutes ago yeah um, the idea that there are people that there are EPs that there are showrunners who are basically saying you know this is a, an X hour movie right um, uh, there's still I think for many people who are coming from film there is a sort of a reluctance to fully embrace the episode. And yes, Lynch is the extreme example, but um, I think there are people who, who, you know, are being less episodic in the way that they write or the way that they run their shows um, than those who have come, you know, from network, from basic cable, from, you know, the, the, the traditional way of, uh, of conceiving of an episode. Um, and I don't think there's a right and wrong here. I think, I think it's, we're in an interestingly, we're, interesting, we're kind of in flux. Yeah. And, and, you know, whether whether we will settle towards a kind of implicit structure for an episode or whether it's just going to be an interesting world now where people, you know, are in the sandbox of expanded television and do whatever they want to do or yeah. whatever the, the streamer will let them do. Um, yeah, I, 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 but it, your, your question is a really important one because, you know, writers have got to think about that. And I think we're in this situation, I mean, to be kind of really simplistic, we're in the situation where, you know, if you think of screenwriter 1.0, right, version one was, you know, somebody who wrote movies all his life or her life, uh, or someone who wrote TV all their life. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe they wrote a novel or maybe they did some journalism, but basically that was what they did, right? You, you worked in film or you worked in TV. And now we're in this world of, of you know, to be, again, crass, uh, screenwriter 2.0. And in order to kind of make things work, you have to be able to, to work in so many different for so many different screens, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you have to be able to conceive of your uh, of your your IPs, your your projects, um, as not necessarily just fitting one medium, but how can I work a version of it into you know yeah. a graphic novel, into a novel, into a because the other thing, of course, is if you actually want to want to write for Hollywood, 
uh, you know, uh, Hollywood is very frightened of, of buying anything without a track record. So the way to sell a the way to sell a screenplay is to is is to you know write it as a novel, make that successful, and then and then Hollywood might be interested. You know, um, so it's a funny world. I mean, yeah. part, that that was all, always partly true, but now it's very true. I think. Um, and, you, and there's so many you know, writers now who are work who are writing things for other media, who are writing graphic novels, who are writing novels, who are writing you know web comics, uh, yeah. all kinds of things. And then that the success of that then becomes the bridge that they need in order to get something put taken to series or or made into a Hollywood movie. Uh, but trying to sell a trying to sell a um, a high concept uh, um, movie to Hollywood now the spec market almost doesn't exist. You know it, it's. It's very hard, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's well, it's almost impossible. Basically, you have to have like a body of work first before you're able to do the, yeah. what you're saying. Right? And and you know, they're not, and they're, they're increasingly they're interested in their own IPs and not in yeah. uh, you know in assignments and not in not in buying specs. They'll hire so, you for their the they'll hire for you their idea. If they like your spec, they'll they'll yes. your your in they'll take your writing style, but then they'll write exactly. they'll to write their idea. Exactly, sir. The, the the spec is your calling card, not what you're going to sell. No, yeah. Yeah. And that's it's what like, the, it, it, the, the spec buys you the assignment, right? Pardon me. That's what a lot of the screenwriters don't understand is that they yeah. that, that's that's what they want. They just want the, right. your kind of style and kind of talent, not your idea. Right. right? It's like uh, you write a spec to prove that that you have talent, to prove that you're a safe pair of hands, to prove that you can do that screenwriting thing. Yeah. Uh, they don't want your spec, but they do potentially want you because you're cheap uh, to to you know to do an assignment for them. You know, on a <laughs> Yeah. Uh, then in 20 years, you can you yeah. can take the the screenplay out of your sock closet, uh, sock drawer. Well, right. You can do it, right? So it's always there. I mean, this is the thing I always tell my students yeah. that that you know, uh, even if they're kind of struggling through the first draft of the first screenplay they've ever written, and it, you know, it has some good ideas, but obviously they haven't you know they haven't fully learned how to do it yet. I always tell them finish it, yeah, because then they actually have a saleable object, and they may. Put it on a shelf metaphorically and not look at it for 10 years but they might come back to it and they might revise it and who knows where it might go i mean just just this week um a, a script that my my ex-writing partner and i wrote and had optioned i don't know almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. um you know has, has just got interest again yeah and who knows what will happen with it it may it, you know possibly nothing but but the fact that it actually existed in the world means that it's still there and um and you know the producer can still look at it um so it's this but it's that map thing that you know get something there get something finished get something out there that you can show um and then it, it may not go anywhere now but it might as you say in 20 years time who knows right um because yeah. so many screenwriters so many young screenwriters you know start 10 scripts and never finish one um and, and i after a point i get it right we've, we've all got scripts that we haven't finished but um you need to you need to finish you need to get something that you can but also it, it like it's like that's how you rewrite it right like that's like you got to rewrite it right so absolutely yeah uh but you know but but you got to get through draft one before you can get to draft 10 you know um, 100%, yeah 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 it's a metaphor for right. life in a lot of ways right <laughs> well right yes yeah. and, and just for work you know i mean yeah. you know you you've if you don't finish a thing no one's going to pay you for it right no, exactly. um building a house writing a screenplay i mean yeah <laughs> no seriously it's like you gotta you gotta finish things through so even if you'd like even if you're it's the, like the really difficult and you don't like it you gotta finish it through right well because that the, if for no other reason that when you've done it once the the second one becomes easier it doesn't become easy 
it becomes easier because at least you know you can do it. You know, you can get from, from you know, fade up to fade down, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a big, that's a big achievement. Um, I think, you know, again, thinking as a, as a film school professor, what about writing, a, you know, for students, undergrad students particularly, who are, you know, 20, 22, uh, writing a screenplay is a really hard ask. You know, I mean, short of maybe making a thesis film or something, I think it's the hardest thing we ask them to do, you know, in, in film school. When you're, the, I mean, yes, of course, there are some people that age who are r- remarkably fluent and able to do it, but, yeah. but you know, um, it, it's it's a it's a very very hard thing to do, and I and I and I am full of admiration for my students, you know, working on it and getting through it. I think it's a, a tough. I don't know whether I, if I was 22, I'm not sure I could have done it. Um, it's funny because you brought the thesis film and you said those are the two hardest things to do whereas the thesis film is like a complete collaborative experience where you you like you have to deal with like or work with or collaborate and create with Mm -hmm. like a bunch of people people, many different departments many different talents yeah from actors to cinematographers to sound designers Mm -hmm. and then but then writing a screenplay is an individual journey right like it's like Right, you got to go into your, into your own little world, little right. world to write it, I guess. Right. Well, that's right, and I, I, it seems to me that they're both terrifying and 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 uh, hard as hell yeah. in different ways. You know, I mean, I'm not comparing one and the other and saying this this is more difficult than this because no, no, no it's just, it was but, interesting. But those, but those kind, yeah. they're, they're two extraordinary experiences. That if you're yeah. if you're taking the, the work seriously, which of course you know most students do. Um, either option, making a thesis film, making writing a feature, uh, you know, is an enormous sort of creative commitment, but also a commitment of energy and perseverance and and will, you know, to get through. Um, and it manifests in different ways, as you say. You know, for the one, you have to be this great communicator uh, to, to real human beings. The other, you've got to be a great communicator on the page. Exactly. Uh, well, a bit of both, of course, from but in both ways. But you know what I mean. And either way, it's an enormous undertaking and something that. You know, it, it never ceases to impress me that the the I call them kids. That's unfair, but young adults of, of in their early twenties can take on board, particularly in our uh, situation at, at SF State, where a lot of them are, you know, um, first generation in college and not economically well set. You know, um, yeah, of course. So they 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 they're working full time uh, while they're doing it, and I'm like, well, again, could I have done that? Probably not at their age. Probably not. Yeah. And you also um, life experience gets involved in, and you got to figure out it's hard to write a screenplay when you don't know who you are either. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the cheesy answer to that is well, you'll find out as you write, uh, but you know, <laughs> let's pretend I didn't say that, you know, um, uh, but no, I, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very hard. Um, it's hard. It's hard at the best of times. Yeah. Um, well, this is a great, it's a great screenplay that you wrote, a great pilot. We're glad Thank to talk you. to you because, you know, we just, we write it with, we, people read it and they grade it without, without seeing a title page, not a name. And, right. and you get into dive into who you are and you can go to your, on your Amazon page, you'll have a link on your Amazon. You got four, I guess, four, you have four books on screenwriting, right? Uh, well, well, three books that are kind of how to, and then a couple of books that are, um, you know, more um, academic about academic, okay, screenwriting history and the industry and those kind gotcha. of. Gotcha. It's like sort of what we're kind of talking about and the, the yeah. kind of where we're we going in the future, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, really, really interesting. Creative screenwriter, pleasures of screen structure. Write what you don't know. Right. That's an interesting title. So yeah. 
Well, yeah, uh, um, uh, hopefully people will get something from them. Uh, um, but and seriously, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you about the about the story and about you know the world of, of writing right now. It's been uh, great fun, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk again. Happy to anytime. Tramps like us, written by Julian David Hoxter. Cold open. Exterior. Above Port of Ambon, docks, dusk. Super, Port of Ambon, Dutch East Indies, 1935. High above, a single dock in a huddle of battered commercial buildings framed by tropical trees. Dutch soldiers patrol. We fly down and alongside as the SS Stella Marie a rusting tramp steamer with its hold and masts forward of a single accommodation block, loads varied cargo. A seagull lands near the gangway. Exterior, Stella Marie, gangway, dusk. Seaman Ardell Casey, 20, green, keen, and Irish, approaches the gangway, carrying his duffel. Sean Connolly, 39, a bull of an Irish second mate awaits him. Evening, Mr. Mate. Name's Casey. Permission to come aboard? We expected you hours ago. Sorry, I'm new in town. I got lost. Between the battles and the brothels, it's easy to miss this one single dock. Casey flustered. Sean grins evilly. Where you from, boy? Bally Keneally. Uh, it's in County Galway. Saints preserve us from airing chokers. Well, I suppose you better come aboard before you lose yourself again, Galway man. Casey climbs the ramp. This your first time on a tramp? Aye, I worked my way out in a tanker, Silver Line. Fancied a change and thought I'd have a wee bit of an adventure. The only adventure you'll have on a tramp steamer is flipping a coin to see if you get paid. We sail from shitholes to dung heaps on every continent, taking the cargoes we can get. Well then, it's not too late to change your mind. I won't tell your ma if you don't. No, I... Get your bag stored and don't stop to choke any earrings along the way, because we sail with the tide. Junior Roberts Jr., 30 goes by J.R. The square-jawed, blonde-haired American first mate strolls over. Another project, Sean? Gonna make a proper seaman of him? I'll make a proper Irishman of him. The other is a taller order. I've come for an adventure, he says. The poor wee idiot. You can still smell the Galway peat on his sea boots. That sounds like me a few years ago. Less the accent. Aye. And me a good many years before that. You'd think we would learn. The Irish are doomed to rove. And Yanks are doomed to... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and we're talking such a fine load of old bollocks there until you ruined it, J.R. Don't worry, you'll find yourself your grand purpose one day. J.R. smiles wistfully. Sure I will, just like you did. I did enough searching in the war against the British, and then out in the world, then down in a bottle. Now I'm content to look no further than the bow of this ship. But you still have the spark of adventure in your eye. God help you. Not to rain on this moment of jolly reminiscence, but if the Dutch catch wind of what Beetle Joe is loading in those crates marked machine parts, we'll all have an adventure. At the end of a rope. Another tween deck special, is it? Who's it for this time? The communists? The nationalists? Or the Muslims? Or all three? I can't keep up with it. Just thought you should know. Aye. J.R. walks away. Up the R.A.